Hi, I'm Deborah Hamilton. Welcome to my podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Ten years ago, with my iPhone and a script, I recorded the first episode of the Ultimate Pet Resolution Summit, which chatted with experts about conflicts over animals. Our conversations were intimate, honest, and illustrated how disagreements over animals occur and how those disagreements can reshape people's lives and relationships. In November 2019, I started Why Do Pets Matter, a new podcast that continued these informative discussions. I'm so excited to have you here with me, continuing my exploration into a more meaningful conversation about why pets matter to all of us. My guests and I will share ideas, stories, and experiences straight from the heart, unscripted and holistic. From the bravest moments to the most brokenhearted, we will explore how to resolve disagreements over animals differently. One thing I know for sure is I want to have more meaningful conversations that will help all of us unlock that deeply felt human-animal bond that drives the emotions of conflict. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton, and today we're going to talk with Iris Grimm. She is fabulous. She's from Atlanta, and she has her own business called doggone leadership, where she helps people become their best selves by helping them see how they matriculate with their pets. Now, you might think this is a little weird. However, if we can get you to see how you react to your pet doing something wrong or how you engage with your pet, we can either amplify it because it's really good or we can have you recognize it and learn how to minimize it so that you can bring that to the workplace and not have difficulties with staff or clients. Be the best leader you can be. So let's now see what Iris has to say. Hi, it's Deborah Hamilton. And today I'm here with my good friend, Iris Grimm. She is the owner of Dog on Leadership, and it's such a unique concept. I'm going to let Iris tell us all about it. Hi, Iris. Welcome. Hi, Deborah. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So um, what Dog on Leadership is about is really it's a leadership development program for business owners, entrepreneurs, executives um, designed to bring the best out of them. And we do that by allowing these individuals to partner with their own dog so that in, in the partnership and in the relationship with the dog, they are transforming their leadership in the workplace. Because there are so many things that what we do in our relationship with our dog can equally apply it and the leadership principles can be equally applied in the workplace and vice versa. And my intention with that is really that the human that is a leader in the company and also a leader before dogs transforms their leadership so that their employees or their staff, as well as their dog, benefit from it. And they, of course, as well. Wonderful. I'm so glad we led with this because we have so much to talk about. Once we ask you our original question, which we always do, is why do pets matter to you, Iris? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a big question. That can be an hour just to answer it. But really, exactly. pets bring us back to the basics. Right? They bring us back to the basics that life is not as difficult as we make it out to be. Life is only finite. And when we live in the presence, we have a more harmonious and peaceful life. And dogs reflect that to me every day. I have to tell you, that's such a great way to look at it because our dogs do live in the moment. Right now is all that's important to them. And we often get 
off track and think about what we did yesterday or what we have to do tomorrow. When we started this conversation before we were recording, I was I was telling Iris, I have things to write and I have to be in the right frame of mind. So that goes along with being present when right. you're writing. But a lot of us take a lot of time thinking about and what are we gonna do? And I think that's probably what helped you create uh, doggone leadership because you want the leaders to really live that present life. To live that present life and not, and not only that, to get out of their head and move into their heart. Because oftentimes when it comes to people in the business world, they tend to function from the neck up, right? And only use their brains. Now, when they then come home, they are functioning from the neck down and only come from their heart, right? And I see this a lot with big time or, or high level executives, right? Who, who, who are really tough in the job and have to make hard decisions. But then as soon as they come home, their dog runs all over them. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, it's all about the heart and it's all about the love and, and, the, and all of that, right? But no matter where it is in the workplace or with the dog, we always have to come from both ends. We have to align our, our heart with our brain and vice versa to make the best decisions and to be the best for them and also to respond in the right way in the moment. You know, it's so interesting you said that because most people who work from their head all day long, when they come home, they either are that heart jelly person that the dog walks all over or they just basically collapse their whole entire body falls up right. um, and they don't necessarily have the bandwidth as my husband used to say when he worked have the bandwidth to in, uh, you know integrate with people and and have conversations and and hear about your day and i think that our animals help us if we allow them if we give them the time and if you know how to integrate them into your life and into your work. They will allow you to make sure you take a break, you take a breath, you get some exercise, you go outside, all the things that actually make you a better uh, work worker, a better leader, a, a better spouse, a better child even. If yeah. you take that time to really emulate the, the heart-based choices that you're making in your life. Right. Yeah. And, and right there, the dogs bring us back in, back to nature. Right. And that's why I always say, especially to these business people who have a lot of pressure at work, it's so important for you as well as for your dog when you come home to take the time and take your dog for a walk and use that time to ground yourself. Right. Use that time to unwind, to let that stress go. Right, because when we are doing these physical exercises, it's good for our own body. Obviously, I also always speak for the dogs because dogs that are getting walked on a daily basis show less behavioral issues at home, right? Because they get physically and mentally stimulated during the walk. But then at the same time, when we can let go like that, you know, suddenly we become more creative that we don't have access to when we are in the high pressure environment, because we know from a neuroscientific perspective, when we are stressful, our creativity shuts down. When we are in the open space in nature, suddenly our creativity opens up as well. 
Yeah. I, you know, that's such an important thing to remember because, you know, breathing and allowing your body to really relax helps you perform better. What made you start this company? I know you said you love dogs and, and they are, you know, their life is finite, but that they live every moment. What gave you the impetus to start Dog on Leadership? So I have been in the coaching and leadership development space for 22 years, and I've had my own dogs for 21 years competing with my German Shepherds competitively in Schutzhund, then making them him a therapy dog. And then, you know, when he retired, I thought, now I have all of this knowledge about dogs, what am I going to do with that? And so at that time, I said, all right, I want to give back, I want to help other dog owners. And I started out with with workshops to raise money for rescue groups where people would come to my home. They would ask me questions about their dogs and, and behavioral situations and how to deal with certain things. And I would either show them with my own dogs or I would also describe certain certain leadership principles and, and dog-human relationship principles. And oftentimes I would use analogies from people that I worked with in the leadership world. And then when I was in the leadership world meeting with clients, I would bring analogies from training dogs to show a point or demonstrate a point what is effective in the workplace with people and how certain things align like that. And so working in both spaces at the same time, I said, I want to find a way to align them and merge them both because they both are my love is, is helping people make life easier um, and being more effective. And on the other hand, also helping dogs and their families create a harmonious life together. It's so interesting because the, um, the bringing of pets to work had started before the COVID pandemic. Some companies had matriculated dogs into work and it takes, it takes a lot of preparing and prep and preparation to bring them in because there are so many different dogs and personalities and there are so many different people and personalities. How did you help these leadership companies, these companies who are thought leaders in bringing the concepts that help you be grounded and be in your, in the moment um, as your as your pet is. How did they receive what you were doing across the board, and what did you do if you hit bumps in the road? So um, the first step is always awareness, right? It's awareness about who they are being as a dog owner or a dog guardian, right? And also who they are being in the workplace, whether they are a staff member, whether they are a manager, whether they are the business owner, you know, whatever. And really helping them analyze um, their relationship with their dog. And then also helping them analyze and reflect on their relationship with each other. And then helping them understand who do you want to be in the relationship of all of them to create a harmonious life together, right? So the first thing is always take full responsibility for everything. Responsibility, what is happening, and also responsibility for what is not happening. Because as long as you are taking full responsibility, you always have the power to change something. And so even if there is something that you dislike and you, you maybe criticize, instead of being uh, uh, averted, really use this as an opportunity for your own growth. 
And then depending on, you know, what people are dealing with, whether it's with their dog or anything else, me coaching them and helping them along. But really, when it when there were hiccups or when there are hiccups, the one thing that I always say is every problem is a gift. And this situation now is an opportunity for you to grow. So instead of fighting it, disliking it, um, withdrawing, lean into it and use it as a uh, as an opportunity for you to transform because it happens for a reason, right? And the dog, you have this dog or this person is in your life to teach you something. And so embrace it in order to create something new for yourself. So as a, um, a leadership tool, no matter what rung of the ladder you're on, if you can expand your ability to work from your heart as well as your head, maybe starting with your relationship with your pets at home, you might not be able to bring them to work, but your relationship with your pets at home, and then expanding that kind of close relationship to your relationships in the office, either as a staff member or a leader, it seems as if that's how this leadership style uh, has people you know, connect with their best selves. Right. Yeah. Because how you do anything is how you do everything. Right. So in other words, if you are impatient with your dog, you are impatient with your with your staff members. Right. When if you have a short temper with your dog, most likely you have a short temper everywhere else in your life. Right. So you have that conversation because it's it's hard sometimes to tell people they're having a short temper uh, with their pet and that that might be crossing over into their work. Well, you know, it's, 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 it's interesting, right? It all depends. And I give you a, a good example, though. Just last week, I was meeting with a couple who are or who were at the wit's end because they have a powerful breed of dog, um, you know, 60 plus pound dog that has become very dominant over the husband, even though the husband trained the dog um, to the point where the husband couldn't even sleep in the same bedroom. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And they showed me a picture of this dog and how this dog reacted with this husband. And I was like, oh my God, I mean, this is some, that, you know, I better show up there tomorrow rather than, you know, in two days. And so when I, but when I watched the, the reaction of the dog, right? And then I asked the husband, and, and that is one of the many of the questions I asked him, what is your default emotional state? And he said to me, well, I'm, I'm very impatient. I'm very short tempered. Okay. And if you look at your dog, what kind of emotional state when your dog is in in there, you know, trying to get you, what is his emotional when state? When being defensive, what is his emotional state, right? Exactly the same thing, yeah. right? It's reflecting back to you. It's like a mirror. Exactly, exactly, right? And so I said to him, of course, yes, I will give you here training tips how to reset the brain of this dog and how this dog starts to respect you as a leader and follows you based on your, your directions and your guidance. However, I said, this will only it will be short-lived if you are not changing yourself. You have to transform your own energy because you cannot expect something from your dog that you don't expect from yourself. You have to be a step ahead of your dog. And not only that, you are you can grow with your dog because your dog will always reflect back at you who you are being in that relationship. 
And what was interesting, the wife was standing behind me and was like, you know, behind him. It was just like, you know, and, and then she texted me and said, oh, man, you are a prayer that, you know, my prayer has been answered. Yeah. Um, but yes, I mean, it's people forget. I mean, oftentimes, you know, people are blaming the dog and say, oh, this dog is now aggressive. This dog is this and the other. But forget that three fingers are pointing back towards them. You know, it's interesting because I'm sitting here thinking, well, people often will be reflective if you talk to them about their personalities with respect to how their dogs are reacting or their cats are reacting to them, but they aren't as receptive when you talk about how they're reactive to fellow employees uh, as, a, as a manager or a leader or as just a colleague. They may take the training or the input. They may take responsibility and accountability for it more easily when it's with a dog, I would I would think, and I don't know what you found, then they do if you just walk in and say, well, you're being short with your wife and your employees. Yeah, well, and of course, you know, that is where eloquence and, and you know, fine emotion, communication skills come in to feel out how open are people, are you open for feedback, et cetera. However, at the same time, when people truly love their dogs and want the best for their dogs, they are more willing to change for the dog, right? And that is a great opening for me to say, all right, let's work here with your dog. And then say, well, now you've learned to be more patient with your dog. How can you now incorporate that into your business? You know, how can you now, what you have learned in your relationship with your dog, how can you now also integrate that in those kind of situations when you are with your staff member and X, Y, Z happens? And then giving them that space to explore that. Respectively, I even have techniques and exercises where I walk people through to allow them to feel some of those not, not useful emotions and work off or, or work off their triggers or their buttons, right? Yep. So that they yep. become less reactive and more responsive in the workplace. I always say I, I help you recognize, I help you be conscious of your triggers and your responses so you can choose. You can right. always choose to respond in the way you've always responded, and then you'll get the same results you always get. Or you can decide, well, maybe I'll try to learn a new way, or maybe I just will breathe mm -hmm. and let that get me out of my amygdala and back into my prefrontal cortex so I can be the person that I'd really like to be but you know, when the train goes off the rails, uh, often all of us um, have a hard time, even dogs have a hard time getting back on the rails. Right. And so to give everyone the moment to go off the rails, I often speak to um, veterinarians when they're having trouble with communicating with staff or clients. And I go, they're off the rails and they can't hear you anyway. So right. maybe you need to just take a step back instead of engaging because that could exacerbate or accelerate the issue. If you, if you first learn how not to engage to your detriment, perfect. And then if you are engaging in to your detriment, remember what you learned with training your dogs, that if you engage to their detriment or your detriment, you're just going to continue that reaction that you don't want. Right, yeah. But oftentimes, and that is the one thing that I always point out to leaders in the workplace, is they are the emotional thermostat for their team right? So them working on themselves first and their emotional well-being and their emotional intelligence will have a trickle effect 
on their on their team, right? Just like our emotional well-being. I always say dogs, since they are in with us, you know, when we are working from home 24-7, but you know, when we are at home, our dogs typically are around us. So they are swimming in our emotional soup. They are absorbing our energy, you know, whether they, it is positive or negative. Same thing is with the staff. They they know consciously or unconsciously the state of mind of their leader. And based on that, they are adjusting their behavior. So again, even in a situation like that, it always comes back to the leader. It always comes back to the leader. It always comes back to you, whether you're the leader or the staff, it always comes back to what you're putting out there is what you're getting back. It's sort of like you don't repel it. Uh, you attract it, unfortunately, and you want to really attract what's going to make your life better by putting out there things that make other people's lives. And and I don't think either of us are saying you have to be like Mr. You know, happy smiles all the time. You simply have to be aware. You simply have to be aware and you have to respond instead of react. Yep. And maybe take a minute to respond as opposed to immediately respond. I know when I give conferences, and you probably find this too, people say, but I have to react in the moment. I have to respond. And I, I often say to them, sometimes it's better to just thank the person for sharing whatever information they shared that would have put you into orbit and then come back to them when they're better able to communicate in a thoughtful way instead of a reactive way right respectively you know um there's this, this these three questions and i forgot who who came up with them but it's always the question is it true is it kind is it necessary so in other words before you react or before you say something and you are thinking about what you're going to say use these three questions for as your own parameter is it necessary for me to say that? Is this really serving this relationship? Or is it better for me to, to say something else in this moment or maybe say nothing and come back at a later time? I know you and I are on the same page with that. I'm always um, helping people choose when to engage. Yeah. And to engage in a way that is always curious as opposed to I'm right, you're wrong. And uh, that's that. And of course, when we engage with our pets that way, Usually they don't, they don't gain the, the needs they need. And then they go sit down or their tail goes down. They give you such a clear um, visual or body language indication of what you've just done where people don't necessarily do that. And please, everyone don't think we're comparing people to dogs. No. Uh, however, I would like to be the person my dog thinks I am most of the time. It would really make me a happy person. However, you always know when you've crossed that line with your dog because they are so good at giving those clues. Right, yeah. And that's why I often say you can see a dog being completely out of control with one person. And as soon as they, you hand over the leash to someone else, their whole demeanor shifts, yeah. right? Because they are going strictly by energy. I know it's, it's interesting. We all work in an energy laden arena, wherever we are in our homes, in the office, on the transportation to and from the office, even in our cars. And to take a minute to recognize what you're bringing with you. I always check in with my clients who want to fire someone because they're toxic. Hmm. And I, I go, well, yes. However, the toxicity th thrived in your office. Hmm. So when you fire them, yes, you're going to get rid of the person who's toxic However, there is something in your office that allowed them to thrive. And unless you do what you're saying, 
really take stock of what's going on, how people are responding, how people are treating each other, maybe starting with a session with you and their pets and seeing how they integrate with their pets and then having them recognize that might be how they integrate with their you know, staff or their coworkers or whoever they are with. That would be something that would really help people get the most out of everyday life. Right. And in that way, you're also using the dog as their partner for growth. Yep. Because some people find it hard to really have these conversations. And yet, if we can bring their beloved pet into it, I always say, if you can bring the pet into it through the back door and have it benefit the pet and other people, more is the better. So Iris, I am so so glad you were here. How do people find you if they want to at least have you come and evaluate them in their pet relationship, or maybe even bring that kind of evaluation to the work? So they can go to my website, irisgrim.com and um, get in contact with me, or my phone number is 404-441-5370. And I'm outside of, uh, I live in the Atlanta, Georgia area, but I travel anywhere to provide workshops, whether it is around um, dog integration, whether it's about leadership development, anything that really helps people create a more harmonious relationship with each other. And holistic and really using that thing in your life that really brings you joy every day. So I'm so glad you were here. Again, we'll have all this information in the show notes. This is Deborah Hamilton, Hamilton ADR North Carolina. And of course, this wonderful podcast, Why Do Pets Matter? Until I see you again, kiss your pet. The Why Do Pets Matter podcast drops every Thursday and can be found on whichever platform you find your podcast. Subscribe now, invite your friends, and I cannot wait to have you join me in these conversations.